The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hill knows that when we eat well, we live well. When we live well, we have rich, vibrant lives. By focusing our eating on properly prepared, nutrient-dense whole foods, Kelly Hill teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be. Now here's your host, Kelly Hill. Welcome to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Aches and pains are the beginning sign of inflammation in the body. And what we eat plays a major role in whether the body is regenerating cells or degenerating cells, basically helping us to feel better or worse. There's definitely some foods that will help decrease inflammation. Today, I'm going to give you some foods to try and some foods to avoid and some foods that I want you to add into the meal plan that are going to help you reduce inflammation and avoid chronic diseases. And we'll make sure and wrap that up with some recipes for you to uh, make that transition super easy. Now, let's start with what exactly is inflammation? Inflammation is the immune system's first response to infection or irritation. So, you know, when you get a scratch, and you will see this first response. There's pain, of course. We get some redness. The area uh, becomes warmer, gets warmer in the feeling, and, and possibly even some swelling. When there's any trauma to the body, whether it's something little like a scrape or something really major or even chronic, um, all these things happen. The body reacts by increasing the substances that cause swelling, redness, pain, and heat. And this is critical so that we don't end up you know, further damaging an injury. You know, we become more cautious with this area. If you've ever, say, like injured your wrist and it swells up and it hurts, you know, the body has this innate sense to help us because sometimes we're not always so smart consciously, you know, and it's going to swell up and hurt and you're going to be smart enough not to use that wrist, hopefully, very often. And that way you don't cause more damage. So, you know, the body has this great sense. Unfortunately, and we've talked about this before, we've got many people eating that standard American diet, which an acronym for that is SAD, SAD, because this is a SAD diet. And when we're eating this highly processed foods, we end up experiencing chronic inflammation. Now, this is ongoing, low-level inflammation frequently throughout the entire body. We may not see the response, that first response, like we would a scrape or a scratch, but it's actually happening throughout the body all the time. Um, Unfortunately, chronic inflammation is the precursor to chronic disease. Now, you know, sometimes you even see people when they're eating really poorly and they're having this chronic inflammation, they're kind of puffy all over. I mean, the body's doing what it can to help us make the right decision. We're just not always paying attention to it. So even if we only focus on the chronic inflammation, not the ultimate diseases, there's no question that chronic inflammation leads to tissue deconstruction, 
cell degeneration. Now, I'm not saying that food is the only thing that can cause cause um, tissue destruction. There, there are other reasons. I mean, there's bacteria, parasites, irradiation, drugs, metabolic diseases like diabetes. I mean, there is other things. But nutrition is the filter through which I work. And nutrient deficiencies are the easiest fix to slow down the cell degeneration and avoid chronic disease. So let's think about that word disease for a second for me. I mean, picture it in your head. Dis, D-I-S, ease, E-A-S-E, disease. Break it apart. Dis-ease. Dis-ease. The body is out of ease. The body is out of balance. It's not happy with us. Now, how this dis-ease presents in the body depends on the person's constitution and how well they eliminate waste. So one person may, you may have people exposed to the exact same thing, and, and one person may experience a rash or an allergy, while someone else may form cysts and cancer, and somebody else may not have anything happen to them. So the body can only function optimally when it's in balance. Now, there's two main school of thoughts when it comes to how to fight germs to help create balance. Most Americans, we learned this in history class, or at least we did when I was a kid. Hopefully, they're still teaching it. But we learned about Louis Pasteur. And he explained that certain microorganisms cause certain diseases. So his belief was that all diseases were caused by some bacteria or pathogen. Now, here in the U.S., we see this through the pasteurization. Yes, that's named after Louis Pasteur. And we pasteurize milk, juices, and other foods. Um, And when they pasteurize these foods, they're heated hot enough to make sure that they kill any possible microorganisms. Now, this is whether these organisms are harmful or beneficial. Now, Europeans are familiar also with Antoine Beauchamp, who disagreed with Pasteur, even though they're scientists at the exact same time. And he thought that diseases aren't necessarily caused by an organism, but it's that the body is out of balance and it's unable to defend itself. Now, he called this body reactivity and that health piece our terrain. His belief was that it depended on the strength of a person's terrain as to whether a disease manifested or not. So nutritionally, this is why in the U.S. it's difficult to locate something like raw milk that hasn't been pasteurized. But in most other countries, not only is something like raw milk in the grocery store, you can even purchase raw milk in vending machines. So it's just um, a difference in theory, but I digress here. So the the Pasteur-Beauchamp discussion is really a microorganism versus terrain discussion. So, of course, you're going to ask, you know, what do I think? I think, truthfully, it's a combination of the two. Obviously, if we never have the organism, you know, we're never exposed to a microorganism, we're not probably going to get sick. But if our environment is optimal and we don't have this, this bad terrain, then we can be exposed to microorganisms and the microorganism isn't going to survive, you know, so like say you end up with strep throat. Sure, it, when they culture that, they're going to see that you have the strep th- in, bacteria in your throat. But that same bacteria can be found in a healthy throat as well. 
In fact, uh, you've probably experienced this where like the whole office or the family all gets exposed to the same germ, but not everyone gets sick. Why is that? Well, the disease is only able to affect a body that is susceptible. So how do we end up becoming susceptible? How do we get out of balance and put our, you know, help our body get into the disease effect? Well, many ways, improper diet, poor lifestyle habits, genetic family history, chronic emotional stress, environmental toxic overload, sedentary lifestyle, these all contribute to the body getting out of balance. Now, from my nutritional perspective, of course, we're going to focus and address improper diet. There really is some truth to you are what you eat. If you're eating lots of the standard American diet with a lot of processed foods, the more processing it gets, the more toxins that you're being exposed to and the less nutrient value you're going to have, more ability for your body to end up in disease. We have to get the processed foods out of the diet. Now, I know I harp on this frequently because it really is the only way to optimal health. And a listener sent me an email that said basically, you know, it's all fine and happy that you keep saying get the processed foods out, but how do I do that? Okay, that's a good point, and I apologize for neglecting the how-to, and I, I promise to devote an entire episode to this in the future. But for now, when you're ready to get the junk out of your diet and cleanse the body so that you can find optimal health, pick up my Cleanse and Detoxify Your Body book. In just 28 days, you'll learn how to use nutrient-dense whole foods with great tasting recipes. But I don't want these shows to focus on, on hawking you stuff. I want these shows to focus on giving you good nutritional information. So, re, so let's, let's remember the basics here. Let's go back to the really important piece. Macronutrients that your body needs for fuel are carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. And these only come to you from food. This is why nutrition is so important for good health. You aren't getting this fuel from anything else. So how, how do we, I want to give you some how-to. So how, how do we figure out this piece? Here's some suggestions. Start by asking yourself about the food. Can you tell what the food is by looking at it? So, um, you know, if you take a whole apple and I'm looking at it whole, you know what it looks like. In fact, you can visualize an apple just because I said an apple. So no problem. I can identify that food. So can you. Apple crisp. Okay, maybe, you know, if there's some nice thin slices and then, you know, I might not be able to identify the oats, oats and brown sugar on the top. Maybe, maybe not. But I can still probably identify the food. The other day I was at a meeting and Apple handed what was called an apple breakfast bar. There was nothing that looked like an apple in here. I don't even know what the squishy stuff in the middle was. I couldn't identify anything on the outside. And truthfully, it didn't really even taste like apple. It tasted more like what people think apple should taste like, um, not a real apple. So, I mean, I can't tell what that food is, that apple breakfast bar. I only knew that because it came in a package and told me that. If it didn't tell me that, I would have no idea what that food actually was. So that's one suggestion. When you're looking at food, can you tell by looking at it where it comes or what it is? If you can, then most likely it's an, it's going to be closer to a nutrient-dense whole food. The other thing to to then ask yourself is, do you know where it came from? Here's another you know easy way to start identifying this how-to. 
if it's an apple, I know it came from a tree. If it's cheese, I know most likely that it uh, came from milk, from either cow or goat or whatever. But when we start getting into those processed foods, not so sure. Let's say brown rice chips. Okay, I read the ingredients and I look at it and I can see that there's pieces of brown rice in there. And, and mostly I know the other ingredients. Um, and I know where rice comes from. It comes from a, a rice paddy field. Um, so maybe, you know, I, I might be able to identify that well enough to eat it. But then let's look at like processed meat slices like bologna. Well, first of all, bologna can be a variety of meat. So we're, we're kind of questionable. But let's, let's say it, it's turkey or chicken or something like that. Well, I know what a turkey looks like. I know what a turkey leg looks like. I know what turkey breast looks like. Um, bologna doesn't look like that. I mean, if I give my child a chicken leg in his meal, uh, his school lunch, he's going to look at that and know it's a chicken. You look at bologna, you're not sure what that is. Um, you know, what happened with this food? Okay, if you can't identify where it comes from, you probably want to skip it. The harder it is to identify it where it comes from, the less likely you should eat it. So another trick you can try is, especially if you have kids, you can say, name its mother. If you're eating an egg, you know it comes from a chicken. If you're eating milk, again, we're, we're at the cow and a goat. But who the heck's the mother of Fruit Loops? Um, there's no fruit in it, and, and the rest of the ingredients are, are man-made things. So I, I guess you could say the scientists at Kellogg's are its mother, uh, but that's not, that's, not, that's not a mother. I mean, let's be realistic. Same thing with like a hot dog. So who's making a hot dog? Um, you know, Whose who's mother is a hot dog? Who's producing that uh, out of, uh, in a natural state? It's not. It's, you know, Ballpark or Oscar and those scientists again. Same thing with, say, soda pop. You know, what are we going to say its mother is? Uh, Coke, Pepsi? You know, the further you get away from being able to identify it, know where it comes from, or name its mother, the further away it is from a nutrient-dense food. We have to take a short break right now. When we come back, we'll discuss the discussion, more about this discussion about inflammation. Feel free to contact me on Twitter or Facebook at The Right Plan or email me at eatwelltolivewell at The Right Plan. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Not only can you learn about new and fascinating nutritional products at therightnutritionplan.com, but you can win them too. Every month, The Right Plan features a nutritional or innovative product like the ECO Lunchbox, pumpkin seed butter and pumpkin protein powder, fudge sauce from Wax Orchards, Zorba's handcrafted raw chocolates, coconut oil, and so much more. And every month, one lucky visitor will win the product to try themselves. It's easy to enter. Just visit therightnutritionplan.com slash giveaway. After you've entered the giveaway, check out some of Kelly's delicious recipes that not only will please your taste buds, but your waistline and health as well. At therightnutritionplan.com, you'll learn more about all the wonderful nutritious options that are available to you and your family. Remember, everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose in the right plan. RightNutritionPlan.com slash giveaway. Here is your opportunity to create a vibrant new you. Join international radio talk show host Kelly Hill and women's natural health coach Michelle Greenman at the Vibrant New You Retreat. 
This retreat will empower you to make the changes you've been searching for and help lay in the foundation for living the life you want to live, the vibrant you. Located at the beautiful Ashland Springs Resort in Ashland, Oregon, this retreat will help you create a vibrant life by first constructing your perfect plan and setting your vision and creating accountability for yourself. Kelly and Michelle will help you conquer negative self-talk, find positive motivation, and teach you how to create more vibrancy in your life. The Lithia Ashland Springs Resort offers its guests free breakfast each morning, natural mineral waters with soaking tubs, and so much more. For more information about the Vibrant New You Retreat, visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat. This wonderful opportunity is only offered to a limited number of people. So visit therightnutritionplan.com slash retreat to reserve your seat today. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to eat well to live well with your host kelly hill if you have a question for kelly you can email her at eat well to live well at the right plan.com now let's get back to kelly hill welcome back as we continue at eat well to live well i'm your host kelly hill today we've been talking inflammation in kind of a general sense now let's talk about what to do if you already have inflammation okay so You have some aches and pains and you take an anti-inflammatory medication, either something prescribed by the doctor or something you purchase over the counter. If it's from the doctor, it may be a steroid drug or more commonly people are taking the -the over-the-counter non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which we refer to as NSAIDs, N-S-A-I-D for non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. So these are aspirin, ibuprofen like Motrin or Advil or uh, naproxen like Aleve. Now, acetaminophen, which is usually Tylenol, is not an NSAID because it reduces pain and fever, but not inflammation. So there is a difference. So let's break these down just a little bit. A steroid-based anti-inflammatory inhibits the immune system. The non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, or NSAID, inhibits the enzymes that promote the production of inflammation, but also block the release of anti-inflammatory responses. So in the long run, these can be very damaging to the balancing of the body. And I don't want to get all biochemical on you, you know, go back to biochemistry 101, but a lot is happening when we begin to block not only the inflammation process, the production of inflammation, we're blocking the production of anti-inflammatory responses too. We want our body to be able to do as much as it can naturally. And unfortunately, these drugs also can affect the stomach and intestinal lining, leading to ulcers, upset stomach, acid reflux, bloating, blah, 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 blah. And and now we have these newer anti-inflammatory drugs. Uh, And some of these not only have been approved, but now they're being recalled by the Food and Drug Administration due to increased risk of cardiovascular events such as heart heart attack and stroke. So great, you know, you get less pain, but you get chronic disease. No, thank you. I'd rather have a little little pain than a heart attack or stroke. So, you know, it just makes sense to adopt a healthy eating habit that will decrease inflammation rather than taking these pills. Now, I'm not saying the pain relievers don't have a small place in a healthy lifestyle. In fact, uh, this, this is happening on such a perfect time because this weekend, 
I was in a pickleball tournament. If you don't know what pickleball is, you know, Google that. It's a, a, a small sporting event. And um, I played for about four hours in the tournament on Saturday. And when I woke up Sunday morning, hoping that I was going to be playing for another four hours, uh, you know, to the championship, I hurt. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to knock it. My body was not prepared to be able to uh, be beat up like that physically for four hours. So I did take an Advil uh, Sunday morning. Now, the last time I couldn't, I can't remember the last time I took an Advil. I actually tried to think about it. I have no idea when it was. Um, and that's okay. I mean, maybe a year or so ago. So, but the, what I hear from people isn't this occasional thing, this, you know, I did something weird outside of my norm. What I'm hearing is people taking these NSAIDs every day or sometimes multiple times a day. And the potential side effects just are not worth managing aches and pains with anti-inflammatory medications when we can decrease inflammation by just choosing the right foods. So let's start with the foods that contribute the greatest to potential inflammation. Now, I don't want to freak you out with a long list saying avoid all these foods, but I do want you to have this information. So hear the list, but know we're going to break it down and I'm going to give you a great list of foods and some recipes to add to your diet that will help improve inflammation at the same time. You know, so it, this is not just about giving up stuff, and I don't want you to, to hear it that way. Uh, but, you know, this is about finding your own personal balance. If this seems too overwhelming, I totally understand that. And you, I have an option available for you to help you work through the confusion with a personalized food list. If you want or feel like you even need a quick one sheet that will show you your best go-to foods, you know, foods that most likely will have little effect or no effect, and the foods that you really should avoid based on your personal current health, then visit my website, therightnutritionplan.com. There's a quick links on the right-hand side, and you can get your own personalized food list. But I'll admit, this is not necessary. You can battle inflammation all on your own, and if you're going to take the inflammation battle on, I'm going to give you the list. So here's the list of the biggest contributors to inflammation. Wheat and gluten products, dairy products, corn, sugar, non-organic eggs, soy, peanuts and peanut butter, soda pop, hydrogenated oils, and fried foods. I know it's a big list, and I'm going to make it even longer. So the next set that we want to talk about is the foods that, that will are, I guess, slightly less contributors to inflammation, but very well scientifically proven. These are nightshade vegetables like potatoes, tomatoes, eggplants, citrus fruits, pork, beef, shellfish, coffee, alcohol, juice, caffeinated teas. Okay. Now before, like I said, before you freak out, know that we're going to go over this. So don't feel like, you know, before you shut off the radio, know that every person has their own bioindividuality and foods affect them differently. This is a general list. This is not specific to you. And for example, dairy may or may not cause you inflammation personally, in order to find that out, you have to remove it from your diet, see how you feel, bring it back in in a few weeks or a month later, and see how you feel again. You can really determine if the food in question is harming you. 
again, my cleanse and detox, your body book walks you through this process if you're interested in, in being handheld through that. But there are some foods that I listed here that cause inflammation for everyone. And these have got to go. These are hydrogenated oils, most fried foods, and sugar. To get these out of your diet, look at labels for the words hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated. If it says these words, find a different brand. Almost all fried foods are made with these fats. So unless you're frying something at home in coconut oil or lard, which even then should be a rare occurrence, just skip the fried foods. Start decreasing your sugar consumption. We'll cover sugar in another episode, but it's a very big contributor to inflammation. Now, some of these other big contributors really depend on where the food originates. So let's go back to dairy, for example. Now, most people in the U.S. are purchasing dairy made from conventionally raised dairy cows, which have been bombarded with toxins from pesticide residues on the feed, frequently genetically modified corn and soy products. Uh, Sometimes, and we've seen this in the news, these animals are being fed other animal protein. Now, cows are herbivores. They need to be eating good, regular food, Um, grasses, leaves, not carnivores. Now, (laughs) they, they don't eat animal protein. So, and then there, these animals are given growth hormone and antibiotics. So the result is a dairy product loaded with toxins that the body's immune system must process. Hopefully, it will eliminate these toxins, but often the toxins are stored. Now, dairy products, though, from organic, pastured, grass-fed cows raised without hormones, without antibiotics, and eaten in a raw form may not cause the same inflammation. So before you think I'm crazy, think about the multiple generations that drank milk, made cream, butter, cheese, and more directly from the cow, or the generations that received raw milk delivered to their doorsteps by the milkman. Now, pork and beef are on the list for the same reason. Conventionally raised meats have the same issue with pesticide residue, feed, hormones, and antibiotics. Non-organic eggs fit into the same category. Although manufacturers are getting trickier with their labeling and the term free range is being questioned, and that's a whole other problem, ideally, find a local person who's raising chickens. When I go pick up my eggs, the chickens are running around in the organic orchard, eating bugs, scratching the dirt, and generally doing chicken stuff. These eggs are going to have the most nutritional value. These, these were originally healthy foods and are really only one generation back for most of us. My mother and father were raising their animals that were tended each day for food for the family. It's only as we've accepted mass-produced, processed foods that our health has deteriorated. In the foods that contribute less category, some of these are because they're derivatives of the bigger contributors. For example, juice is a source of concentrated sugar. Alcohol turns into sugar in the body. In fact, let's hit juice for just a second. An 8-ounce glass of orange juice contains approximately 4 oranges. Could you sit down and eat 4 oranges? I I mean, probably not. But even if you did, at least you'd also get fiber from the whole food to slow the sugar absorption. Not so with juice. This is a high sugar content and quick absorption. This is a very bad combination for your health. Sugar depresses the immune system and doesn't offer any nutrients at all. Wheat and gluten 
need a whole episode unto themselves, really. Let's suffice it to say here today that wheat is greatly genetically modified to increase the gluten content while the nutrients have been removed in the refining and processing. There's substantial evidence that gluten destroys healthy tissue and produces inflammation. Again, now I can help you with a personalized food list, but an elimination diet of these potentially inflammatory foods, and then what's called a challenge of reintroduction, is the easiest way to find out what works and doesn't work for your own body. You may find that you don't react to some of the biggest inflammation contributors, or you may find that you react to, say, non-organic corn, possibly due to genetic modification. Uh, And more on that topic next week. We'll talk about genetically modified organisms next week. But you you have, you may, so you may have a reaction to non-organic corn, but you have no reaction to organic corn. So uh, we need to take a short break. When we come back, we'll pinpoint specific foods and recipes you can add into your meal plan that will help reduce inflammation. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Better than an apple a day? An online membership to the right plan. With an on-the-go lifestyle, it can be hard to make our nutrition a priority. Kelly Hill was there. That's why the Right Plan Nutrition Online Membership was formed. Over the years, Kelly's worked on solutions that can make health and nutrition decisions easier, saving time and money. Find hundreds of fun, fast, exciting, healthy recipes for the family that everyone will love. A new recipe with video tutorial each month so you fully understand how to make what are sure to become your family's favorite foods. Great research on biased articles on nutrition, encouragement through the success stories of others, weekly support emails to help you continue reaching your goals, and so much more. Membership has its benefits. And with the Right Play Nutrition Online membership, the benefit is more time to spend with a healthier you and healthier family. Become a member today at therightnutritionplan.com slash membership. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and right plan. Rightnutritionplan.com. Cleanse and detoxify your body. 28 Days to Better Health. Using nutrient-dense whole foods is the hot new book written by Kelly Hill. We're inundated daily with toxic compounds in our food, water, air, even our own metabolic process. This new book... Kelly leads us on that 28-day journey to better health using real, natural food. Experience with over 60 recipes to choose from. This is a cleanse that won't leave you bored. And while your taste buds are happy, you'll benefit from increased energy levels, an improved digestive system, a decrease in food sensitivities and cravings, minimizing aches, pains, and allergies. Begin your 28-day journey to better health and nutrition today by ordering your copy of Cleanse and Detoxify Your Body at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan. Rightplannutrition.com slash book. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. Have a question for Kelly? You can email her at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Now back to Kelly Hill. 
Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. Before the break, we talked about the foods that cause inflammation for most people and should be avoided. Now let's look at foods to eat in order to decrease inflammation. Again, I like to talk about making change rather than just avoiding foods because the minute we just start, we say, hey, I can't have that food, our brain immediately wants it. We, we go back to the psychological cravings that we talked about last week. So we want to skip that. We want to try and make changes and, and substitutions. I try to keep nutrition in that positive life. And there definitely are foods that can, you can include to help you decrease inflammation in your body. So let's start with the biggest one, good essential fatty acids. These are so critical to good health. Think of your joints as a door hinge. Both the hinge and your joints need to stay lubed and well-oiled to properly function. In fact, all of the organs and pieces of your body need to have essential fatty acids, not only for building blocks, but for this, this lube and cushioning. And It's just amazing. We'll talk about fats hopefully in another episode. But additionally, these fatty acids are what create both our inflammation and anti-inflammation responses in our body. So we need the proper amounts in the proper ratios of the proper fatty acids so our body can have a good response to any injury. But we really need the good stuff, not the hydrogenated fats. We're talking about cold water, oily fish, such as salmon, mackerel, tuna, sardines, pollock, halibut, you get the idea. You can also use the oils from these fishes as well. That works really well. And you've probably heard a lot about the benefits of fish oil. But it has to be fish oil from these cold water oily fishes. So if you're going to take a fish oil supplement, Again, just as I talked about last week, make sure that you are working with a practitioner. Know your practitioner. Know that your practitioner is getting you a high-quality, good fish oil. We're talking something that has third-party verification, that it is what it says it is and isn't full of a bunch of fillers. I mean, this this is important because we don't want to put more of those bad, rancid oils. I mean, it, that's what we're trying to get away from when we're getting away from hydrogenated fats. We need to get away from all those bad oils. So make sure that if you're going to take a fish oil supplement, you work through your practitioner. I don't care if it's a nutrition therapy person, acupuncturist, doctor, uh, naturopath, somebody who knows their supplements, not some multi-level marketing type of thing, something with good quality, third-party reassurance that you are getting what you're paying for. Now, other good essential fatty acids are uh, nuts and seed oils, like flaxseed, olive oil, coconut oil, those type of things. Now, choosing these correctly is critical. Just like we talked about supplements, you know, at least with a supplement, I can say, hey, go talk to a practitioner and you're going to know what you're getting. Here, you have to do this on your own at the grocery store. So you must know the source and the processing method. This is an area where I would say you really need to purchase organic if you can afford it. Pesticides can get concentrated in fats, and these toxins can end up stored in our bodies. But even if the oil starts out with a great organic product, it can become a total health problem because of the processing. Many manufacturers are using high heat, 
high pressure, which can also create more high heat, and chemical solvents to extract the oil. I mean, this, these are the, the three biggest things, add light into that, and, and that's what breaks down all oils, good or bad. So you can end up with a really bad oil if you're not paying attention to the source and the processing method. So you can ultimately end up with this rancid, overly refined oil that's going to cause you inflammation instead of reduce the inflammation. So make sure you are looking for the following words. I'm going to give you some things to look for here. Look for organic. Look for first cold pressed. Look for cold pressed. I'm going to throw this out here. Manufacturers, again, they've gotten trickier. And sometimes I'm seeing the tricky wording of cold processed. That is not the same as cold pressed. So make sure that you're looking for first cold pressed or cold pressed. Look for expeller pressed. Look for unrefined, extra virgin. Now, these words are going to help at least guarantee some amount of the fact that that these foods will retain the antioxidant profile that helps decrease inflammation. Uh, Additionally, look for dark glass containers. So, if you, if you put it into a, a dark glass, you're, that's going to decrease the amount of light that it, it, that's hitting it. And light will break down oil. Same thing with glass. If you put it in glass, you don't have to worry about any BPA from plastic leaching into the oil. Uh, the other thing is maybe purchase smaller quantities if you can. So the sm- instead of buying the biggest gigantic container, buy a small one. And that way you're going to minimize your light and oxygen. And then definitely if, store it in the refrigerator. Don't put your olive oil above your cooking stove where it's going to get all the light, all the heat, and all the oxygen. Store it in the refrigerator. I mean, treat these as the sensitive products that they are because they're what are going to get you healthy. Now, using these same oils is super important. You've got to use them properly. So if you're going to do... Flaxseed, love it. Don't heat this. Flaxseed needs to be in your smoothie or um, salad dressing, something like that. Nothing with heat, okay? Very sensitive, uh, very unstable oil. So we want to want to treat that very, very gently. Olive oil, a very common one. Now, olive oil can withstand some heat, but really keep it mild heat or even no heat whatsoever. Uh, if you're going to do super quick saute, eh, maybe it'll be fine. Uh, but, you know, we want to make sure that, that we're treating these carefully. So we're not, we don't want that high heat. The high heat is what breaks them down and causes uh, the antioxidants to be, become where we can't use them. Actually, it causes a whole free radical damage, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so let's, uh, other good oils, coconut, another one. So coconut can withstand slightly higher heat. But uh, again, we want to be cautious. We don't want these to break down with this high heat. So if you've spent the money for this organic first cold pressed extra virgin oil, you want to make sure that you're getting all the benefits from it. So don't heat anything to smoking. No, no oil should ever smoke. This is bad. Uh, other nut oils are great. So things like right now I'm in love with macadamia nut oil. And you can put that over um, a little bit of fish after it's cooked or salad dressing. These are the, uh, 
boy, um, those are, uh, this is just fabulous. I can't even mention enough of that. Now, most nuts and seeds are good too. So it will, so we've talked about using nuts and seeds in these oils, but eating nuts and seeds are also going to be an absolutely fabulous thing to add to your meal plan. Now, the exception is going to be peanuts. Peanuts can, there's some problems there. They grow what's called uh, an uh, aflatoxin, which has shown to increase inflammation and cancer in some individuals. So it's a difficult processing technique to avoid the aflatoxin. So I think it's safer to just choose other nuts or nut or seed butters. So if you haven't tried a nut or seed butter, you know, this is the time. You know, don't worry about, you don't have to give up peanut butter. Try almond butter or cashew butter. Um, what are some other ones that we eat a lot of? Um, oh, sesame seed butter is fa- fabulous. Sunflower seed butter. Um, these are all things that you can can use in place of peanut butter. So you don't have to give it up. Same thing, you know, with those those good hydrogenated oils. You don't have to just give stuff up. Make these substitutions into these good organic, first cold pressed oils. Buy them small, buy them dark, buy them in glass, put them in your refrigerator. Keep your nuts and seeds in there too. We want to make sure that those don't have, you know, we don't want rancid nuts and seeds. Now, I don't know if you've ever had rancid, if you've noticed it, but I'll tell you, if you get some rancid oil or some rancid nuts, I mean, you're going to want to spit them right out. They taste terrible. So the problem when we're talking about some of these bad oils, and I'm going to say that they're bad oils, is um, but they they be, they are that horrible taste and smell. But unfortunately, what happens is they deodorize them, and we end up not realizing that it's toxic to us. So we want to make sure that you know these are the first two that I want you to add in if you can. Add in really good essential fatty acids, add in some more nuts and seeds. And I think what we'll do is uh, we're going to take a short break and we'll come back and I'll give you some recipes to actually be able to get this food into your diet. Uh, When we come back, we'll continue this proactive discussion of foods to help decrease inflammation and give you some recipes to try. Remember, you can get free weekly nutrition tips just like this via email by signing up at therightnutritionplan.com. You're listening to Eat Well to Live Well with me, your host, Kelly Hill. Feel free to connect with me on Twitter at The Right Plan, Facebook at The Right Plan, and of course, email me at eatwelltolivewell at The Right Plan. We'll be right back with more Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Want energy all day? Ready to lose fat without feeling deprived? Tired of complicated weight loss programs? Wish there was a way to lose weight without processed and unnatural food? It's time to jumpstart your metabolism in a healthy way. The Kelly Hill Way. This easy-to-follow two-week fat loss program has a 100% success rate to date. 
It creates and maintains overall health while reducing fat. You'll have more energy, think clearer, feel better, and have lost fat. All while following the two-week menu plan of simple recipes that use real, natural food and include healthy tips for every meal. The two-week fat loss program is a clear, easy-to-follow plan that will help anyone get back on the road to optimal health. Order the Right Plan Nutritional Counseling two-week fat loss program today at therightnutritionplan.com slash book. Not only can you learn about new and fascinating nutritional products at therightnutritionplan.com, but you can win them too. Every month, The Right Plan features a nutritional or innovative product like the ECO Lunchbox, pumpkin seed butter and pumpkin protein powder, fudge sauce from Wax Orchards, Zorba's handcrafted raw chocolates, coconut oil, and so much more. And every month, one lucky visitor will win the product to try themselves. It's easy to enter. Just visit therightnutritionplan.com slash giveaway. After you've entered the giveaway, check out some of Kelly's delicious recipes that not only will please your taste buds, but your waistline and health as well. At therightnutritionplan.com, you'll learn more about all the wonderful nutritious options that are available to you and your family. Remember, everything has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose in the right plan. Rightnutritionplan.com slash giveaway. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're tuned in to Eat Well to Live Well with your host, Kelly Hill. You can connect with the show by emailing Kelly at eatwelltolivewell at therightnutritionplan.com. Follow Kelly on Twitter at The Right Plan. Now back to Kelly Hill. Welcome back as we continue at Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. I'm your host, Kelly Hill. We've been talking about inflammation, foods to avoid, and foods to incorporate into your diet. Let's continue and add some recipes to that. And this will help you make sure that inflammation, it really becomes a thing of the past. And that's what we want. So far, we've gone over avoiding. uh, This is what I'm going to say you're going to actually do. I'm I'm just going to say it. I'm going to throw it out there into the universe. You're going to avoid hydrogenated fats fried foods, and start working on lowering your consumption of sugars. Plus, hopefully, you're considering the biggest contributors to inflammation and ways to remove them. And you're adding some good essential fatty acids plus some nuts and seeds. So what else can you easily add into your diet without you know, this being a huge deal or you know, t- tons of time in the kitchen type thing? Because I don't want to spend that either, and I understand that. So, okay, the next one that's really great to add is pineapple. In the first show, I talked about my personal first real look at how foods can become healing when my doctor told me to eat pineapple to remove dairy from my body. Now, that's because pineapple contains the enzyme bromelain, and bromelain breaks down dairy and reduces inflammation. So add some dairy, add, you know, throw some pineapple uh, into you, it, that sweet food goes so well with everything from chicken to fish. Throw it in. Pretend it's like a salsa. Uh, You're going to love it. Super easy to add in. Of course, you can always just eat it plain, too. Now, most fruits and vegetables in their whole food forms are going to help you decrease inflammation. Now, the exception may be nightshade vegetables for some people. So you can remove the nightshades, tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, eggplants, tomatillos, 
gogi berries, and huckleberries. And this is really going to help you if you're suffering from major aches and pains in your joints or arthritis. Uh, the rest of us, you know, or, or try the elimination, see if it works. Uh, it, it, that, that part's up to you. Nightshades are, are definitely can be very inflammation forming for some people. An excellent addition to your meal plan is the following. Garlic, onion, ginger, cinnamon, and turmeric. All of these have fabulous anti-inflammation properties. Uh, Of course, make sure that you're well hydrated. This is also very, very important, not only to decreasing inflammation, but to your overall health in general. So to get the body working at its best, you got to stay hydrated. Uh, Think of of water as the other piece to the the oiling. If uh, essential fatty acids are oiling our joints, water is, is taking care of all the rest of the body. So I want to give you some ways to start making this transition. So last week, I created a recipe that's going to help you. It's called ginger spice cookies. Yes, it has some sugar, but uh, this, is, this is a little healthier sugar, and we'll cover sugar in a, another episode and, and why I chose these. But uh, this is a really good, this recipe itself is, is a really good stepping stone along what I think of as a continuum of health. So when we think about health, we, I kind of look at it as this, this long continuum line. And at one far end, we have the extreme in the people that are eating fast food every day, three times a week, you know, very seldom cooking at home, not eating whole foods. And the other end of that continuum, we have the people that are growing all of their own foods. They're raising all of their own meats. They never eat out. They're eating only whole foods. Now, most of us are somewhere in between. And my real goal at any one time is just to get people one or two steps closer to the people that are making all their own food and aren't doing the fast food thing. Now, these cookies are just that. So now, because I'm saying cookie, that doesn't mean you have... uh, free for all to eat all the cookies all you want or anything. Yeah, this is this is again just a stepping stone. This is moving you a little bit closer. So we're going to get away from the hydrogenated fats, get you into some some good foods and and utilize some of these ingredients that we talked about. So f- these cookies are gluten-free whole oats. So you're getting the bran and the germ, which means they're full of dietary fiber. And that's going to help lower the cholesterol. And it's going to have powerful antioxidants, which are naturally occurring anti-inflammatories. So make sure you get the gluten-free whole oats. Look and, and verify that. It also uses brown rice flour. Now, you can make your own brown rice flour if, if you don't find it easily at the grocery store. Just throw brown rice into the blender and turn it on until it creates a dusty flour. And that's really all there is to it. You know, that's what flour is. Now, I prefer, if you can, to buy the sprouted brown rice or brown rice flour because then there's no phytic acid and it doesn't need enriching. If you're not, if I'm talking and you are glazing over and you don't know why I'm talking about, listen back to show number two for some more information on the importance of soaking and sprouting and an explanation of how to do this all by yourself. Um, Okay, it also contains almonds. Now, almonds are another concentrated source of 
good uh, essential fatty acids that we talk about. Plus, it's got vitamin E and manganese. I can't even talk all of a sudden. Um, So almonds, like I said, nuts nuts and seeds are going to be great. And then it has cinnamon. And, and I, you know, I real quickly mentioned these spices. Cinnamon blocks phytonutrient, uh, I'm sorry, blocks, uh, cinnamon blocks inflammation and bacterial growth. So it, it is a phenomenally great spice to throw into things. And it helps regulate blood sugar. Ginger all time one of one of the best you can have out there. So there's special phytonutrients known as gingerols in ginger. And these are super potent anti-inflammatory. So ginger is going to be a great thing. That's why these are ginger spice cookies, by the way. Um, and it, the base for the essential fatty acid is coconut oil. Now, I love coconut oil because it's a medium chain triglyceride. And not only is it going to be this great thing for your uh inflammation, it also increases metabolism, it improves insulin secretion and insulin sensitivity, and basically can reverse the effects of insulin resistance. Plus, of course, it's got the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties. It's even antimicrobial, so this is why that's going to be the basis for this cookie. Now, if you're having difficulty getting seeds into your meal plan without feeling like a bird, I have posted a video and recipe for a quick power breakfast on the website, therightnutritionplan.com. And it uses flax seeds, sunflower seeds, sesame seeds, and chia seeds. And it's delicious, I promise. The flax seeds and chia seeds, that, now these again are excellent omega-3 fatty acids, those essential ones that we're looking for. And they're going to help with the inflammation process as well as your overall metabolism. We usually get enough of the others. We really want to increase that omega-3. Now, flax, if you're going to eat the seed, if you don't want to eat the seed, we want to make sure that you grind it right before you use it. It's another spot where we want organic and we want to be ground right away. It begins to, um, the nutritional value begins to fall apart as soon as, as we grind it. And it, okay, so it also has sunflower seeds. This is, this is great to provide an antioxidant protection from oxidative damage, for, especially from the free radicals. And we, I think we've talked about that before. And antioxidants uh, combine and inactivate those free ra- radicals. And then it has the sesame seeds, which is this great source, again, of anti-inflammatory and ox- antioxidant enzymes that are going to um, help you feel so much better. And and it has coconut flakes. So and coconut flakes, same properties as coconut oil. So unfortunately, we have to wrap it up today. Remember, all these recipes, the videos, the personalized food list, and more are at therightnutritionplan.com. Next week, we'll discuss genetically modified food with my guest, Sandra Lee, from the Institute for Responsible Technology. Because when you eat well, you live well. So join me every Monday at 2 p.m for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. See you next week. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Live Well to Eat Well with Kelly Hill. You can listen to the program live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Everything you eat has a purpose and a plan. Make it your purpose and the right plan.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 